If the Colts truly are without their star quarterback for the rest of the season, then Sunday showed us what hurdles they're going to have to overcome for the final 12 weeks. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What's up, beautiful people? This is Jake Arthur, and that is Zach Hicks. You know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. And today, we're going to take you through the, the final wrap-up of uh, the Colts 37-20 loss to the Jaguars. I'm sure we would all love to throw that one in the trash. Uh, but then we'll, we'll also look at what are the biggest issues facing this team after kind of another eye-opening performance like Sunday. And then, you know, for a lot of people, talking playoffs was – premature but the Colts were in the mix or even in the early season is that realistic now how does their playoff picture really shape out over these next 11 games 12 weeks so we'll go through all that with you uh but Zach first hello uh sorry that is what you had to see when you watched the game we've uh we've discussed it but what really stuck out to you about that game yeah, you know, I don't think the Indianapolis Colts as a team played particularly terrible in this game. I mean, I know the score looks really bad. 37 points allowed is not a good thing, obviously, anytime you see that. Yeah. Um, but I think when you look at this, I think the game plan on offense wasn't too bad. I mean, they tried to counter the Jaguars stack in the box by throwing the ball a little bit more. Uh, which there were some open receivers. There were some shots down the field. There were some opportunities to create after the catch. Uh, and I think on defense, the def- the Colts defense played fairly well, all things considered. I mean, they could have tightened it up a little bit more in the red zone, which was an issue in the first matchup with the Jaguars. But uh, they they held Trevor Lawrence to probably his worst game of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the most part, contained Calvin Ridley as well. So I think there were a lot of things on paper that you could have said, hey, the Colts should have won this game. But ultimately, you can't win when your quarterback plays like that. And I know in your post game, you kind of went in on Gardner Minshew. I know a lot of people are going in on Gardner Minshew about this. And part of it doesn't seem super fair because this is a backup quarterback. We're talking about a backup quarterback thrust into being the starter going on the road against a top 10 defense and saying, okay, go win us some games. You know, yeah. Hey, this team is going to stack the box, go out there and win us a game. You backup quarterback that yeah. the whole league said you're only worth like what, two and a half million dollars per year or something. So, you know, it, it it, it seems a little unfair, but that's just the predicament that we're in right now where the Jaguars kind of dared Gardner Minshew to beat them. And as a result, the Colts got blown out. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened in this one. I'm not saying it's all on him because the Colts offensive line could have played better. There were some mistakes by the Colts pass catchers. Again, the defense could have tightened up a little bit more in the red zone. But I think if you're looking to what really happened in this game, like why the Colts ultimately lost this game, it's the Jaguars dared Gardner Minshew to beat them. And he had one of his worst games as an NFL quarterback. Uh, we just didn't see the steady 
distributor that we've seen in the past. We didn't see a guy who uh, typically takes good care of the ball. I mean, what he has like a, I think he's a three to one touchdown interception ratio in his career, or two to one at least uh, in his career. Like typically, really solid at just keeping offenses moving, getting what the offense is is you know designed to get, and not making that big mistake. But he made so many mistakes in this one that it was just impossible for the Colts to overcome it. And we can kind of look at, I mean, again, very different situations, but if you look at the Colts versus the Rams early in the season, the Colts quarterback play at the beginning of that game was bad too. Richardson was missing a lot of passes. Uh, he had the big fumble, which which hurt them on offense, but he is such a dynamic player and passer that he was able to will his team back into that game and take take that game to overtime. Gardner Minshew is not that type of quarterback. He is a game flow dependent quarterback where if the Colts are getting down in the game early or they're getting uh, you know, blown out because he's making mistakes early, he's not the type of guy who can bring you back in the game. He can keep you ahead. He's not going to bring you back. So once those first couple turnovers happened that really flipped the script of the game, the Colts were kind of out of it. They didn't really have a chance despite the defense, again, playing fairly well and the pass catchers playing fairly well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think the final score looks worse than what it is. It doesn't really say that the Colts team overall played okay, but, like, you just can't survive a game like that from your quarterback, whether he's a backup or not. Yeah, l- looking at the output of 37 points and a, a 37 to 20 um, differential there, it's really surprising because, like you said, Trevor Lawrence, it was his you know worst game of the year. Calvin Ridley didn't kill them yet, or he didn't kill them like he did in week one. And honestly, aside from like a minute there to start the second quarter, they honestly bottled Travis Etienne the rest of the game as well. He really only averaged three yards per carry in that game. Yeah. Uh, so aside from that, they didn't let those guys gash them. And so I just don't really see some other smoking gun as to like what happened. But I look at it and it's like all these turnovers just giving them the ball away because the defense I thought played well enough, obviously, like I mentioned, so the biggest thing I take away from that is they just kept gifting them the ball. And two of those were, they were well in Jacksonville territory. So they probably would have at least got three on those drives. Uh, so I, I didn't see anything else that really like killed their chances of winning. Yeah. Again, offensive line didn't play their best game and and we've seen it kind of go throughout the year. Whenever the Colts offensive line is not played well, the Colts offense has not done well at all. So mm-hmm. That kind of goes hand in hand there. But again, at the end of the day, your quarterback's making the mistakes that he was making. Again, these weren't really close plays. These were like very errant throws, like very, very errant throws, just straight to defenders. Uh, And he had a couple other dropped interceptions. I mean, he should have finished this game with six to seven turnovers. Like, Mm -hmm. I I know that that was kind of the Jaguars thing was, hey, we're going to make Gardner Minshew have the ball in his hand 50 times. And odds are that he's not going to make things happen. But I don't even think they expected like, hey, we're going to have five, six, seven opportunities to take away the ball with Gardner Minshew. Like I thought that I think that their game plan was we're going to make him eat the ball a lot, make the ball be in his hand, and that'll limit their explosive plays and keep things to a minimum. But instead it became, you know, he's going to turn the ball over a ton. And and maybe the Colts should have forced the issue a little bit more of the run game and and kind of just tried to lean into it to take the ball out of Minshew's hand. But Look, if the game plan, if if players are open, players are making some plays, ultimately the quarterback needs to get the ball out there and the quarterback needs to make the right decisions. And if the ball's not, if the play's not there, then he has to eat it and and not have that back breaking turnover. So 
uh, yeah, it, it sucks because, again, it's a backup quarterback. You don't want to just lean into it so much being like, hey, backup, you're, you're not supposed to be playing poorly when you're a backup quarterback. But uh, I think when you look at the main contributor for this loss, it really is the quarterback made a lot of boneheaded decisions and, and a lot of hopefully decisions that he's not going to make going forward. And hopefully he can be back to being Gardner Minshew, who thrives in game flow and keeps things under control. But uh, like you said, at the top of the show, this is what they're going to get the rest of the season. They're going to be a top 10 draft pick team because you just can't survive with a quarterback like Gardner Minshew making big mistakes. You can survive with him when he's just being steady and getting the ball out and leaning on the run game, leading on yards after catch. But if he's making gigantic mistakes like this, like back to back to back, like he was in this game, you just can't survive uh, unless you have like a top tier team around him. Now to shift the vibes a little bit, was there anything like positive you took away from this one? Cause it was oddly explosive. They had three, uh, three passing plays of at least 40 yards. Yeah. I think the, I think the overall game plan was pretty good. I mean, again, it, it, it's very similar to that second matchup with the Jaguars last year where the Colts barely ran the ball and they leaned on Matt Ryan to like the quick passing game to be the rushing attack in that second game. It's just Matt Ryan didn't make the mistakes that Gardner Minshew made. And I'm not saying Gardner Minshew's worse than Ryan was last year by any means, but like I thought the game plan was solid. I think guys were open for the most part. And again, I think the defense played fairly well. Like I think they, they did a lot to win this game. It's just, again, I don't want to keep circling back to it, but we, I, I, I the court, you can't survive with your quarterback doing that. Right. Uh, but I, I don't think that the final score of this game says, oh, the Colts as a team got their just got their butts kicked by Jacksonville. They, I mean, they lost pretty bad. But um, I do think that the, the team game was a little bit closer than, say, that 21 to nothing beat down last year against the Jaguars, where it felt like the sky was falling. I don't think the sky is falling from this one, but it is definitely worrisome when your quarterback plays like that. You just got to hope that if your quarterback doesn't play like that again, you can be more competitive with teams going forward. Yeah, so a performance like that obviously has you looking at the team's warts, and we'll be taking a look at that here in a minute. What are the biggest issues facing the Colts? And it's not all just Gardner Minshew. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're trying to desperately get to sleep at night, but your brain just won't shut off? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. I've not personally been to therapy, so don't let me be your mental health beacon. Uh, but there's, uh, you know, there's plenty that I could work on to go to therapy and everything. Uh, but if you're starting, a, you're thinking of starting your own therapy journey, give BetterHelp a shot. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend again with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Did the game go to a timeout? That means it's time to order with DoorDash. Is it halftime? Obviously, that means it's time to order with DoorDash. For me, that's what it was yesterday. Sitting at home watching the game halftime. I am going to order my early dinner right now. So when it comes to you and taking your sliver of a break, when you either are just sick of what's at home or you want something else, give DoorDash a call. Get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. That's when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. And 
The football season is here and Locked On is kicking off our coverage with Locked On NFL Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for this team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. All right, Jake, so we're getting into the biggest issues with this Colts team, and I think this is a good time to look at it because we're not quite at the halfway mark, but it feels like we're at a really big part of the season for the Indianapolis Colts where Mm -hmm. they're entering a pretty tough two-game stretch coming up, probably their toughest two-game stretch remaining of the season. Uh, with these big games against the Cleveland Browns and with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, and after that, they do enter kind of a, a a little bit of a lull. You know, they have two teams after that. Mm-hmm. I, I think the next two teams after that are the Panthers and the Patriots, who are two of the worst teams in the entire Not league right doing now. Well. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So you're going to learn a lot about this team the next these next four weeks. You know, are they going to be a team that's sitting at 5-5 five and five still? Can they steal one against the Saints and the Browns? Can they... Uh, you know, go that way, go that direction and maybe get their way into a wild card conversation? Or do they just keep tumbling after this poor game and, and fall to, you know, uh, the bottom feeder type thing that we thought they could be before the season? But uh, looking at this team at the macro level, Jake, what are some issues that you're looking at with this team going forward and some concerns you have when it comes to just the rest of the season projection for the Colts? Yeah, no, I, I know this section of the offense is kind of a victim of circumstance but their inability to expand on the passing game very much and not have much of a a vertical threat, I think is a a pretty big issue. And that just kind of is what it is right now with Anthony on IR there with a quarterback who defenses are just not scared of. Uh, They're going to load up to stop those, those running backs. And I mean, shoot Alec Pierce has had a couple nice plays, you know, the tight ends have been able to do some things up the seam, but, Right now, I just don't think there's enough of the vertical element in the offense. And that's something they're going to keep working on. Like, they're never going to stop trying to make that happen. Um, But I definitely think that is something that makes the offense more beatable against these opposing defenses. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, it's, it's another thing that's kind of frustrating with the offense where I don't think that the scheme is the issue with the vertical element, because you could go back to each of these weeks and say, okay, here are the couple scheme shot plays. And honestly, a good chunk of them are open. The quarterback just needs to get the ball down the field. And this is not just a Gardner Minshew thing. Uh, This was an Anthony Richardson thing the first couple of weeks as well, where he just wasn't Mm -hmm. pulling the trigger on some of these downfield throws. Now you get Gardner Minshew who just doesn't look down the field. It's just not in his DNA, unless he's throwing it to quadruple coverage, apparently. Uh, but <laughs> besides that, he's not really looking down the field. Uh, so I do think that vertical element is going to be kind of missing for a good chunk of the season. It might have to be a situation where Steichen says, look, if we're going to get this three by one, look, you got to throw the jump ball to the outside and just, we got to have that vertical element. I do think there were some positive signs in the second half of this past game where there were, you know, a good two, three plays where, receivers were wide open behind players in the secondary and with a better ball that's a touchdown the the Kylan Granson catch should have been a touchdown uh the Michael Pittman Jr. deep ball should have been a touchdown with a slightly better ball as well uh so I do think there are some some good signs with the deep passing game but yeah you're right it's not there yet it's not to the level where you want it to be and it does hurt going from an Anthony Richardson who can rip the ball down the field 
to a Gardner Minshew type who can't really can't and really won't as well down the field, you know? Yeah, we've seen that before. And that's that could make for a long season. But I mean, coaching wise, again, I'm confident they'll do something schematically to overcome that. Like, I don't know what it is, but like I, I can't imagine a Shane Steichen offense is just going to be so boxed in, you know, for, for the remainder of the offense or uh, remainder of the season. Is there anything like defensively that you have big issues with so far? Yeah, I think I think one concern that's kind of come up the last couple of weeks is, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season, we were like, hey, you know what? The secondary is not playing well, but we kind of expected that because they're young and they're getting used to it. But this front seven is going to carry them. This front seven is going to carry them home. This front seven is playing at a top tier level. And that really high play is what's going to propel this team to having a solid defense. And we've kind of seen the the front seven play fall off a little bit in mm-hmm. recent weeks. You know, Quiddy Pay has not been as effective as he was early in the season, the last few weeks. Uh, Samson Abukam has been, or Abukam has been playing really well, but he's kind of the biggest producer there. They're not really seeing enough from other guys up front in the pass rush. Uh, the linebacker play, I think, is tappered off just a little bit. Uh, Zaire Franklin's playing really well, but EJ Speed's impact has been a little bit less, and Shaquille Leonard's just not really doing enough uh, on his snaps out there. So, you're not seeing this front seven play at this high, high level. And as a result, the secondary is getting exposed a little bit more. You know, I think Juju Brents has been a really solid addition for the team. Uh, there's been some hit and miss with his play, but for the most part, I think it's been really solid from him. But you're not getting enough from the cor- from the um, from the second outside corner. Jalen Jones is you know doing is doing what he can, but he is what he is. Uh, and then at safety, you're just not getting anything really from safety uh, this season. So yeah, something needs I, to change. Something needs to change there. You, like your safety play needs to get better, and your secondary play needs to get better, or your front seven needs to get back to the way they were playing in the first couple weeks. Because if they're going to continue the trend that they're going right now with both of those things. They're just not going to be a top half of the league defense. And you kind of need that if Gardner Minshew is your starting quarterback. You know, you can't really survive Gardner Minshew being your starter with a bottom half of the league defense. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we've seen that before. Like, it's the difference between bringing a team to the playoffs and just, like, totally being irrelevant is if there's a complementary defense for that quarterback. Uh, but um, the, with with the safeties, I don't. I haven't studied them particularly, but, like, I know Julian Blackman has done some nice things, but I can't recall pointing out Rodney Thomas really in my mind and making mental notes throughout a game, like almost at all this, this season. And I mean, one of his big things last year was it seemed like he was always around the ball downfield. Um, You know, he led the team in interceptions with four. Like I, I just, I can't tell that he's making like a huge impact out there. I don't know if they need to just keep increasing Nick Cross's snaps or what they need to do because I don't want to be unfair about it. Like it's also you would rather not hear his name because he's getting bombed on all the time either. Um, but it's it's definitely odd considering you knew the secondary was going to be really young and like the cornerback group was totally turned over. But at least you had these experienced safeties you could be confident in. Yeah, and but they're just not playing at the level you expected their their eye discipline's not great they're not reading routes super well they're playing a little too conservative like ronnie thomas had the issue last year where he would sit a little too deep too often and allow things over the middle way too often and now we're kind of seeing that even more this year and it's like you want to see that second year step forward but it's kind of been a step backwards or just kind of the same step to the side uh so you just want to see more growth from the safeties and 
it's a little concerning that uh, of all the defenders that played 100% of their team snaps this year, the Colts have two of them, both of their safeties, when mm-hmm. neither of them are really playing that well. So it's like maybe get Nick Cross out there a little bit more, maybe do some different things, but we'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. Obviously, something's going to have to break here. Either they're going to take that step forward or the Colts defense is going to have the bottom fall out of them. Uh, so we'll see the rest of the year. But coming up, guys, we're going to talk about the Colts' chances at making the playoffs. Obviously, their chances to win the division Really took a big hit this past weekend, but do they still have a shot at the playoffs going forward? We're going to discuss that all coming up in a second. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sport, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. I personally love game time, guys, because... I'm a big concert guy. I go to a lot of punk concerts, a lot of uh, punk shows and and stuff like that. So Game Time just has the greatest tickets for me. I get to find uh, great pictures of where I'm going to be sitting before the show. I can see kind of what the vibe is like, where it is. If I want to go down to the mosh uh, at all during the show at all, like Game Time has me set up perfectly. Game Time is just the easy choice and they have the lowest price guarantee. So they can just match deals and make things uh, perfect for me. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed all right jake so we're getting into the playoff conversation obviously it's so so early in the season to talk playoff because look last year at this point the colts were three two and one and some people were still feeling pretty optimistic i was i was tuned out after the blank in jacksonville last year but uh, some people were so optimistic that hey this could have been a playoff team last year but then we saw the bottom just completely drop out mm-hmm. of that colts team last season now, what kind of favors them a little bit this year is uh, they have, presumably, they're going to have the same coach the whole year. They're not going to have an ESPN analyst come in and coach them halfway through the year, which is a big plus. Uh, and they have a fairly favorable schedule. I mean, Cleveland and New Orleans coming up are pretty tough. Like, that's that's a tough set of defenses that you're playing there. Then you mm-hmm. get some competitive games there with Tampa, Tennessee, and Cincinnati. Uh, but then you get Carolina, New England, uh you know, again, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Vegas, Houston, like these are all very, very winnable games. It just depends what Colts team we're getting. Are we going to get the Colts team that uh, could beat the Baltimore Ravens on the road? Are we getting the Colts team that finally got over the hump and beat the Tennessee Titans? Or are we going to get the Colts team that got the, the their butts kicked in the first half against the Rams or the Colts team that just could not do anything against Jacksonville in their two matchups against them? Which Colts team are we getting? Uh, but I do know that, you know, if you're looking at playoff percentage odds and stuff, the Colts percentage dropped quite a bit with this past loss. I think yeah. during, I think according to pro football focuses metric, where they lost like 20% off their odds to make the playoffs uh, mm-hmm. with this past loss, because again, it's early, it's not over yet, but they are in the backseat now when it comes to winning the division. Uh, they're, they're kind of not out of that race, but they're really behind the, the behind in that race right now. Uh, but Jake, what do you think? You know, do you think the Colts can make the playoffs? Do you think Gardner Minshew can lead this team into the promised land this season? 
so I thought Sunday was going to be a big statement game in terms of their chances of winning the division. I thought th- that was probably going to be one they were going to need to have if they were going to ultimately win the South. With that said, I'm, I'm not going to totally rule out them winning the South, but it seems pretty unlikely. Yeah. Now, that means they're going to have to turn their their hopes to a wild card berth. And because of that schedule, not it's not a gauntlet. It's not terrible. Um there, you're not. I mean, there's there's no big scary games. I mean, Cincinnati could be absolutely rolling by that point. But let's say Anthony does come back later in the season. You finish off with Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Houston in your final three games. That's kind of doable. That's a nice final three game push. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, like I think this team is just going to be the type that. They're going to probably beat the teams that they're favored to beat and then fall short in the rest of them, Yeah, uh, which is ultimately going to land them around 500, you know, whether that's nine and eight or eight and nine, whatever. Um, I don't know. However, that's going to look in the AFC playoff picture. Ultimately, it feels like that might have them falling short, uh, but I'm not going to totally rule them out. Like if they can find a way to work around their issues in the passing game and become more balanced then I think they can do it because I think their defense is fine enough. Like this team is just altogether fine enough. I didn't even think they would be a playoff team coming into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I looking at the schedule, I can't rule, I can't rule it out. Like I think they're a competitive, decent team. Yeah. They're, they're a well-coached young, energetic, fiery team mm-hmm. that can beat anybody but they're going to be limited because of who they have at quarterback now and some other limitations when it comes to just the roster construction and overall weaknesses. But they are a team that can beat everyone left on their schedule. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jacksonville was the biggest test left. I mean, again, it depends on what team that Cincinnati is in the later half of the season. If they're playing like they were against the Cardinals a couple weeks ago, then obviously you're not winning that game. But Cincinnati's kind of been a mess. But outside of that, these are all winnable games. The Colts can be competitive. They're just so game flow dependent now. You know, it, mm-hmm. it really comes down to what type of game the Colts are in for them to have a chance at any of these. You know, like even Cleveland this next week, you know, Cleveland has the best defense in football or a top two defense in football, whoever, whatever you want to say with that. If the Colts just keep this like a three to nothing game or a six to three game or something going to the fourth, though, like a really tight game and they play that slugfest that you need. They can easily beat Cleveland. They could do that against the against they could the do without uh, their quarterback, which could yeah, be huge. yeah, they can do that against the Saints as well. And Carolina, New England, they should be able to beat with just Gardner Minshew because those two teams are in really bad places right now. But you know, you're so limited with your quarterback right now because this is a backup caliber quarterback who limits the type of offense that you can run. So if you get into games where you're down seven nothing early, you're down ten nothing early you're probably not going to win those games because you just don't have the firepower on offense. Uh, you don't have the, the, the high level skill position players to kind of, to kind of make up for Gardner Minshew being your quarterback. So I do think, like you said, I think they can get to 10 wins if everything goes right and they stay ahead of game flow and they keep everything manageable. Uh, but I think realistically, you're probably looking at like seven to eight wins on the year, which Again, before the season, if you told me Richardson was going to play two games or two and a half games, maybe, or whatever it ends up being, five games this year, and the Colts were going to win seven in Shane Steichen's debut season after coming off a four-win season, I'd say, you know what? I'll take it. I don't want Richardson being hurt, but I'll take it. So you got to just live with these things in perspective. I'm not counting the Colts out completely for the rest of the year, but 
I do think a seven, eight, nine win season is still a step in the right direction considering what lows they were coming from last year. Uh, but obviously you are disappointed because we were riding such a high into that Jacksonville Jaguars game this week, coming off of that, you know, finally beating the Titans and really dominating the Titans for most of that game, finally getting over that hump and then just crashing down against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Couldn't beat that one. Uh, and obviously not having your quarterback for that game. Uh, it, it does kind of take a little bit of a blow there, but I do think that the rest of the schedule is manageable. They're well-coached team. They can win these games. It's just what kind of Gardner Minshew are you getting? Are you getting the game-controlling type of Gardner Minshew? Are you getting the the brain-dead Minshew that we got this past weekend? You know, like what, what kind of Minshew are you getting? That's going to determine what the Colts do the rest of the season. Yeah, that'll be big because, again, taking care of the ball, like never was that more evident of how critical it is than on Sunday because, again, I don't know if they would have won, but without all four of those turnovers, that game does not look at all like it does in the final score. Like, yeah, I don't know. But my, my final thought on the playoff thing, I'm looking at two sections here consecutively. So if they can win either one of the Cleveland uh, or New Orleans games, I think that would be good. Like, mm -hmm. by no means do they need to sweep that. But then Carolina, New England, and Tampa – now, New England is in Germany, so like the Colts have historically not done well in those overseas games, but they need to come out of that three-game stretch with two wins. Doesn't matter which of the opponents it's against, but Carolina, New England, and Tampa, if they come out of that one and two and zero oh and three, like that's going to be a critical hit on the playoff chances. They need to be at least at least six and four going into Tennessee. Um, to have a chance at the playoffs. So they're not at six and four at that point. Like if they're at five and five or, or four and six, yeah, you're probably not making the playoffs at that tough. point. You, you got to at least be six and four going into Tennessee, which they very well can. It's just, again, what kind of Gardner Minshew are we getting the rest of the season? Right. And can the rest of this team propel him forward to victory? Uh, guys, we're going to be continuing this conversation all week here on Lockdown Colts. So every day is again, make sure you have those notifications turned on for the early mornings for all your Lockdown Colts needs. And if you guys don't already, follow at Lockdown Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks, too, all on Twitter. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd love your guys' ratings, reviews, and we'll see you guys back here bright and early tomorrow morning.